Hello, and welcome to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. My name is James Early. Thanks so much for joining me today. Each week, we take a fresh look at the Bible and dig down beneath the surface of things to the deep spiritual lessons of God's love for each one of us and how to live that love in our daily lives. The goal is to get back to the original Christianity of Jesus with his focus on healing and salvation and his message that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So, let's jump right in. Hey there, and welcome again to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. This is episode number 10. Today's topic is, what are the Christmas angels saying to you today? So we're going to talk a little bit about the Christmas story. Then we're going to talk about how that applies to us. So often at Christmas time, you see angels as decorations on Christmas trees and wrapping paper and Christmas cards and little kids are dressed up as angels and little wings and little tinsel foil halos in their church nativity programs. And for centuries, angels have been depicted in artwork and these ethereal robed garments. But I want to talk about what angels really are and not this sort of popularized version of what angels are. The word angel in the Old Testament in Hebrew, as well as in the New Testament in Greek, in the original languages, the word simply means messenger. The word itself could be any messenger that the king sends to give a command. That would be a messenger. That would be an angel. Often throughout the Bible, God sends his messengers or angels to tell people certain things, to warn them, to give them instructions, to prophesy what's going to happen. So the real essence of what an angel is, is that God is communicating to someone, either individually or collectively. And sometimes in the Bible, angels do take on a physical form. That's the way they appeared to those people that were there. But sometimes there were people that saw those angels and someone else standing right next to them didn't see anything. So God sends a messenger or a message to people in the Bible, as well as today, in a way that they could understand it, a way that that would make sense to them. And the real essence here is that God is sending an idea, a message, something that's important, and he's saying it to someone. In the case of the Christmas story, he sends Gabriel to Mary to tell her that she's going to be the mother of Jesus. Again, we have these paintings and movies and pageants of of this physical being with feathery wings and everything. I saw a movie years ago that depicted that scene very differently. Mary was there. She was startled by something. You never saw any kind of depiction of the angel. You just saw her face light up with excitement, with wonder, with curiosity, with surprise. But also there was a a visible glow on her face. In the movie, you couldn't hear anything the angel was saying to Mary. You just heard her responses. And I love that because it showed how God was communicating directly to Mary's heart. That's what an angel does. An angel speaks directly to our heart. And of course, I wasn't there. I didn't see how it happened. But we do know that God was speaking to Mary through the angel Gabriel. You can visualize it however you want to. But the main point is that God was speaking to Mary. And the same thing with Joseph. 
you know, Mary tells Joseph, hey, Joseph, and they're engaged. Joseph, I'm going to have a baby through the Holy Ghost. And just imagine how Joseph must have taken that news. It was a shock. He was in disbelief. He was in utter dismay. He was going to banish Mary and put her away. But God sent an angel directly to Joseph, too. He was part of the plan. How does this apply to you and me? Sometimes somebody will come to you and say, wow, God told me about this wonderful thing he wants me to do. It's amazing, and you won't believe what he wants me to do, and you're part of it. And you kind of roll your eyes, and you think internally, this person is crazy. There's no way this could be possible. And they're full of excitement, and you just want to kind of take some steps backwards and get away from it. But then that night, you have a dream, and God sends an angel to you in your dream and tells you, no, no, that's what you need to be doing. You need to be supportive of this situation, and I've got a role for you to play. When someone else comes to you with some amazing situation, don't be so quick to poo-poo it and to dismiss it and to belittle them and say how ridiculous that is. And how often does that happen? A kid will come to a parent and say, oh, when I grow up, I want to be an astronaut. And the parent can either say, wow, that's a great idea. Let's learn what you need to do for that. All too often when a kid comes to a parent, the parent says, oh, you're never going to amount to anything. You can't do that. That's ridiculous. You're not smart enough or whatever it might be. Or it could be a teacher or a relative or just a friend at school can just shoot your idea out of the sky. When you are listening to the angels, you're going to not let what those people say to you disturb you because you're going to know that God has spoken directly to you. Now, maybe you're one of those people, maybe you're the teacher, maybe you're the parent, maybe you're the friend that just thinks that's the most craziest idea that you've ever heard when somebody comes to you and tells you their great big idea that God has told them is going to happen. Well, you can be like Joseph. God wanted Joseph to be part of this whole process, and so he sent Joseph his own angel. God will send you your own angel. You need to listen for the angels God is sending to you. You can't just accept what somebody else says, although sometimes we just do, but we need to listen to what God is telling to us. God might have a real supporting role for you to play in helping someone else accomplish his purpose for them, or it could be the other way around. And you might say, okay, but James, what does this have to do with Christmas? Well, any time that the Christ is appearing... I believe that's what Christmas is all about. Anytime we give birth to a Christly, a Christ-like idea or action or project or book or sermon or whatever we're doing, that's what Christmas is. It should be every day of the year. We should be seeing more of the appearing of the Spirit of Christ in our lives. So I'm going to come back to Mary for a minute. When the angel told Mary that she was going to have a baby, she's pretty surprised because she says, that's impossible because I have not been sleeping with anybody. And the angel says, I know, dear, it's okay. Don't be afraid. But the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost is going to come upon you. And this child that you're going to give birth to is going to be called the Son of the Most High, the Son of God. You're going to be the mother of the Messiah. Well, that's even a bigger shock. But Mary graciously and very humbly accepts what the angel says to her. And there's another lesson for all of us. You know, when God tells you something, do you accept it? Do you acknowledge it? Do you say, oh, 
okay, God, if that's what you want, show me how to do it. Or do we argue with God? Or are we in disbelief? There again, Mary has given us a very good example. Well, so let's talk about the Holy Spirit here. I want to talk about what the Holy Spirit does. And I like to think of it like this. Let's say that God is represented by the sun. And all the light coming out from the sun represents the Christ. What happens when the light that comes from the sun travels through space? We don't see that light until it hits an object. So when the sunlight hits the earth or a tree or a rock or a person or a house, a mountain, whatever it is, a cloud, then we see the light. When the sunlight hits, it creates light, but it also creates warmth and energy. That warmth and energy represents the Holy Spirit. When the message of Christ, which comes from God, shines on our hearts, we are lit up. We are energized. There is warmth created and energy that propels us forward to promote the cause of Christ. I do a Bible study program in my prison ministry that specifically talks about the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. And when I was first doing this study for myself, I read everything the Bible said about the Holy Spirit. And I saw something I'd never seen before when I had just read all these things piecemeal. If you look at the overarching purpose of the Holy Ghost and everything that the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit does or is involved in, it all has to do with the Messiah. In the Old Testament, the prophecies are coming through the Holy Spirit. Then in the New Testament, as the events unfold for Jesus' birth, it's the Holy Ghost that's propelling those things and causing them to happen. Then when Jesus starts his ministry, it says he's filled with the Holy Spirit. What I realized from my study in preparing for that Bible study workshop at the prison was that everything the Holy Ghost does is about preparing the way for the Messiah through the prophecies and then the fulfillment of those prophecies, Jesus' ministry, then the furtherance of the cause of Christ after Jesus' crucifixion, resurrection, and ascension. When he's no longer here, it's the Holy Spirit that propels the early church forward and is still active today promoting and furthering the cause of Christ. There's nothing about the Holy Spirit that you can use for personal gain. It's not about personal aggrandizement or getting some church position. You know, you can't appeal to the Holy Spirit for some personal preference. The Holy Spirit is about fulfilling the mission of Christ. It's not about getting personal blessings. We are certainly blessed when we make ourselves available to the Holy Spirit, but the purpose is to further the cause of Christ. So what I'd like you to think about is, how does the role of the Holy Spirit in the Christmas story apply to you today? When the Holy Spirit came to Mary, she became the mother of Jesus and gave birth to the Son of God. When the Holy Ghost comes upon you, what ideas are you impregnated with? What are you pregnant with? through the Holy Ghost. What will you give birth to through the Holy Ghost coming to you? Maybe it's a book you're going to write. Maybe it's a, a company you're going to start that's going to bless all mankind. It will be a blessing and it will be something that furthers the cause of Christ or it's really not coming from the Holy Ghost. And if you try to use the blessing of the Holy Spirit for your own personal gain, uh, that just is not going to work. So don't even go there. 
So please be open like Mary was when she got the word that she was going to be the mother of Jesus. She humbly and graciously acknowledged it and accepted it and went along with it. That took a lot of humility. You can have that same kind of humility, too. When God tells you something you're going to do and you're overcome with the Holy Spirit and you feel pregnant with a wonderful spiritual idea to bless all mankind, don't let anything take away that sense of wonder and awe that you have been in the presence of God and you have heard God tell you exactly what he wants you to do. God has a purpose for you. He has a purpose for me. He has a purpose for everyone. They're not all the same. You can't try to do someone else's purpose. You can't wish somebody else was doing yours so you don't have to. Sometimes we try to get away from our purpose like Jonah did. He ran off instead of going to preach in Nineveh. That didn't work out too well for him, you know, unless you like being inside of a a big fish for three days. Be humble like Mary was. Think about how the angels appeared to Joseph. It told him in a dream that everything was fine. Mary was cool. You're part of this plan. Now, interestingly enough, after Jesus' birth, Joseph got another angel that warned him to take Mary and Jesus and flee to Egypt because Herod was going to try to kill him. So he did that. He trusted the angel. When you get a message from God, you can trust it. You can follow through on it. And you may have to do something that is out of your comfort zone. You may have to do something that you don't know what the answer to is, but God will lead you. If it was true for Mary and Joseph, it's true for you too. So now think of those shepherds out there in the field. They're just minding their business, taking care of their sheep. Who knows what time of the night it is? Oh, dark 30, who knows? Here these shepherds are. They're faithfully watching their sheep. They're being responsible. They're taking care of what they're supposed to do. All of a sudden, an angel appears and says, Hey guys, I've got great news. And he tells them about the birth of Jesus and where to find him. Then the whole sky opens up and there's a whole bunch of angels and they're singing, Glory to God, praises be, and all this stuff. Peace on earth and goodwill to men. We know those words, but... Just imagine for a minute the overpowering sense that those shepherds felt. It was like, my gosh, we better go see what they're talking about. They went lickety-split to go find Jesus. And, of course, the angels had told them exactly what to look for. That's another thing. When an angel comes to you from God, that angel is going to tell you exactly what you need to do or where you need to be. The angels will give you enough details so you will know what to do. At least for that step, then maybe you'll get another angel that tells you the next thing to do. But you can trust that just like the shepherds did. There may have been other shepherds out around on those hills around Bethlehem. Why didn't the angels appear to everyone? Why did those angels appear just to that group? Well, I don't really know the answer to that, but those angels may have been appearing to other people too, but they didn't see them because they weren't spiritually prepared or spiritually humble enough to receive the message. And so how do we get the angels to appear to us? Or how do we see the angels and hear the angels that are there all the time talking to us? It's about humility. It's about getting yourself out of the way, letting go of your own agenda, letting go of your own preconceptions about the way how God is going to work out a problem. And it comes back to the Lord's Prayer when we say, Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Do we really mean that? When you say, God, your will and not mine, Are you really giving up your will or are you telling God what you want him to do and think that you're praying for his will? 
these shepherds must have been receptive and humble enough to hear the message that the angels were saying. So, where does that leave us? I believe the angels are always bringing us messages from God. God is always talking to you and telling you things you need to know, things you should do, things you shouldn't do, things you should think about, things you shouldn't think about. He warns us through the angels. He protects us through his angels. All these messages that he has for us, all his thoughts that he sends to us, all these angels are speaking to us, are coming to us all the time but we don't always hear them. And as I've said, it's because we usually get in the way. We're so caught up in our own little worlds, our own little agenda. And so I hope you'll take some time this Christmas to be still and listen for the angels. And I can't tell you how to pray about it, but we all have to pray in kind of our own way on this. We have to humbly ask God, show me what you want me to do. Here I am. You show me what you want me to do or say or not do or not say. Give me direction and then stop and listen because you will not hear the angels if you're doing all the talking when you pray. We need to get away from this materialistic sense of what an angel is. We need to get back to the original essence of what angels are, and that is God speaking to us, God's words, God's ideas, God's thoughts coming directly to us. And by the way, that idea is not original to me. One of my favorite Christian authors, Mary Baker Eddy, says that angels are God's thoughts passing to man. I just love that because it helps me understand how God communicates to us. I love the Christmas story. There's so much there to inspire us and for us to be grateful for. But I also love to take the lessons and the situations of the people involved and apply them to my own life. And I hope you'll do that, too, as we've talked about. My Christmas prayer for you is that you will hear what the angels are saying to you. You will hear the songs that they are singing to you and that the Holy Spirit will come upon you and impregnate you with a blessing that promotes the cause of Christ in that special, unique way that God has in mind for you. If this is your first time here, I hope you'll go back and listen to some of the previous episodes. And if you're listening to this when it's not Christmas time, I hope you'll still listen and apply these ideas because, as I said, any time that we are giving birth to a Christ-like thought or a Christ-like idea or a Christ-like action— That really is what Christmas is all about. We're bringing forth more Christliness into the world through our deeds and our actions and our thoughts and our prayers. Again, this is episode number 10. And if you want to check out the show notes, just go to thebiblespeakstoyou.com forward slash zero one zero. I'll have some scriptural references for the familiar Bible passages about the birth of Jesus. I'm sure you probably know those probably by heart, but it's nice to see them again just for reference. A very Merry Christmas to you, a very thoughtful, spiritual time to experience the presence of God, the appearing of the Christ, and be overcome with the Holy Spirit. I'm James Early with the Bible Speaks to You podcast. God bless you and Merry Christmas, and we'll see you next week.